everybody i know it's been a really really long time since you have heard an episode of wagers ragers but we are back after a long hiatus with the playoffs on the precipice of beginning today on super wild card weekend look up in the sky it's a bird it's a plane it's super wild card weekend we are your co-hosts joshua jt buckner and Jonathan the Hedgehog Donath coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. We are back again, back together. Long time, my friend. It's been too long, but we are here and we are going to give you our insight into these playoff games. Unfortunately, my team, as all of you out there across the country, across the world know that I am a New York Jet fan. They are obviously not in the playoffs with a running streak now of not making the playoffs since, I believe, 2011, which is the longest streak in the current active streak in all of professional American sports. But John's Philadelphia Eagles, they limp into the playoffs, but they are in nonetheless, and it's just a matter of making the show, and they made the show. John, how are we doing after this long uh, hiatus between shows. Well, I tell you what, man, I am just excited. I'm happy to be sitting back here in front of my microphone talking football with you on a playoff weekend, as many playoff games in one weekend as we've ever had, you know, uh, since the, the playoffs sort of went to this format. Uh, yes, my Eagles are in the playoffs, which is something I'm grateful for and I'm happy about, but it's sometimes it doesn't feel like it based on the way the season ended losing five out of their last six after starting the season 10 and one. Uh, it, it's just, it, it's a team that on the field seems like it lacks life. Um, uh, they've had some injury issues as well. There's all kinds of rumors swirling around the coach who took them to the Super Bowl last year to potentially get fired if they lose this game. But the weird thing is if you've watched these last six games as lifeless as they looked, it doesn't sound that crazy in that context, but We'll see what happens. A lot can change once you get into the playoffs. We'll get to that game last. But, man, we got a lot of games to get through. Let's kick it off. Absolutely. And just so for anybody that's new to the podcast, our format is we go through the games, we analyze the games, we tell you who uh, we think is going to uh, not just win the game, but more importantly, from a betting perspective, uh, we analyze it in, in the context of the spread but at the end of our podcast, we pick our respective tracks of the week. So we start off on Saturday in the 4 o'clock hour with the Cleveland Browns making the playoffs. So I don't think anybody really thought we'd make the playoffs this year. At Houston against the Texans, another team that was not predicted to make the playoffs. Houston is back in the playoffs since 2019. So they haven't been in the playoffs for about four to five years. Right now, the line is Cleveland on the road as a road favorite, giving two points with an over-under of 44 and a half. On the Houston side of the ball, we have a rookie quarterback, C.J. Stroud, who has just lit the league on fire, um, as well as a first-year rookie head coach in D'Amico Ryans. Interesting 
scenario where we have sort of a sub story as who's going to win coach of the year. Is it going to be Kevin Stefanski or is it going to be D'Amico Ryans in his first year at the helm of the Houston Texans? And the reason why Stefanski is in the running for this is not only did the Cleveland Browns make the playoffs, but they lost their quarterback, Deshaun Watson. Another sort of sub-sub story because Deshaun Watson was the first-round draft pick of the Houston Texans had gone through a tremendous amount of off-season turmoil, as, ma- as many or all of you know, got traded to Cleveland on a ridiculous contract, which I think is really going to come back to bite the Texans. But he got hurt early in the season, and the Browns have had to revert to various backup quarterbacks. And right now, at the helm is Joe Flacco, who they picked up off the street, sitting on his couch, not playing for any team, not even on a practice squad, and he's been 4-1 and one in his last five games, leading Cleveland into the playoffs. These teams did play earlier in the season, and uh, Cleveland won 36-22, but C.J. Stroud was out with a concussion. Their other first-round pick, Will Anderson out of Alabama, he didn't play either. And so I, I kind of throw that game out the window, And look at this as sort of a fresh start for both teams against each other. As I said before, C.J. Stroud took the league by storm. 23 touchdown passes, 4,108 yards passing. So where do I see this game going? Well, Joe Flacco has seven road wins in the playoffs, which is tied for the top road winning um, road wins in the playoffs with who? the immortal Tom Brady. They both have seven road wins, but Joe Flacco, two of those seven were against Tom Brady. If Joe Flacco wins this game, he will be the top road winning playoff quarterback ever in the NFL. As I said before, the line is two is Cleveland giving two points. I think the way that Cleveland has gone through the last number of games into the season that and the experience of Joe Flacco, who won a Super Bowl with Baltimore, I like Cleveland in this game, laying the two points. I just can't see, even though uh, C.J. Stroud has played extremely well and D'Amico Ryan has been, you know, uh, on top of his game as far as a, a first-year head coach, I just can't see Houston beating Cleveland based upon the run that Cleveland's on right now. So I like Cleveland laying the two points winning as a road favorite against Houston. I got two quick props. Even though Joe Flacco has played really, really well, um, Houston's only giving up less than 240 passing yards. Right now, the over-under on passing yards for Joe Flacco was 271.5 yards. I like uh, the under Joe Flacco, 271.5 on DraftKings. A little extra juice on this at minus 125. But I also like David Njuko, the tight end from Cleveland, to score a touchdown, anytime touchdown. It's plus 170 right now on DraftKings. Interesting last note uh, is that, and I and I, I looked at this and I was sort of a little bit taken aback. Cleveland basically leads the league in defense on every single statistic, on yards allowed, on passing yards allowed. They're up there, I think, number 11 in rushing yards allowed. But yet, 
they give up more points on defense than Houston. Now it's only by a very marginal amount. I think it's 20.9 for Houston and 21.3 for Cleveland. I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. Touchdowns can get scored on defense and special teams, uh, field goals, et cetera. Uh, but I just found that interesting that Cleveland has just been crushing it on defense, especially with players like Miles Garrett back there. But at the end of the day, I like Cleveland laying the two, <clears throat> Flacco under 271 and a half, and Juco any time touchdown score. Had a breakout season this year. John, thoughts? Cleveland, Houston, go. Yeah, um, I mean, you said it all here. Uh, so the this crazy Joe Flacco run uh, during the second half of this year uh, has been something that nobody expected and is the kind of thing that reminds you, even in uh, your jaded older age, uh, not you, the, the uh, proverbial you, um, that what can be really cool about football, you know, something like this, a guy off the scrap heap, Joe Flacco, whose career was effectively over like five years ago, uh, bounced around as a backup uh, with the backup slash starter on a few occasions with the Jets, the Eagles, etc., uh, comes in and is like the best quarterback in football out of nowhere for the second half of the year, takes this Cleveland team to the playoffs after losing their top two quarterbacks. It's pretty crazy. Uh, I'm with you. I think Cleveland is on a roll here. Combine the Flacco resurgence with an incredible defense on the on the other side of the ball with Jim Schwartz. Uh, I think Cleveland goes in here and takes this game. Uh, Houston has been another great story, uh, to be honest with you. C.J. Stroud uh, got to be rookie of the year. But, of course, as we hit the end of the year, C.J. Stroud had his own injury issues. Tank Dell, his favorite receiver, out for the year. Um, so I do think the um, Cinderella story for Houston this uh, comes to an end at this game. I like Cleveland giving two on the road. Uh, as a matter of fact, this had gone up to two and a half, back down to two. So I took uh, took the two there. Uh, I also I do have prop two props on this game as well, and I took the same two players that you did, but I went in slightly different directions. Uh, first with uh, David and Joku, I didn't go touchdown. I went receiving yards, and he is uh, over fifty four and a half receiving yards is his uh, receiving prop. Um, he's been over that in six of his last eight games. The Texans have allowed the fifth most receiving yards to tight ends this year. So give me Njoku over the 54 and a half receiving yards. And I'm also on that Joe Flacco uh, passing yards number, except I'm going the other way. I'm I'm taking the over. I'm taking, give me a 50 burger on the over 271 uh, and a half uh, receiving yards. Uh, and that's because, number one, the strength of the Texans defense really is their run defense. And Flacco's just on an incredible roll. He's throwing the ball all over the field. He's the number one deep passer in the league in the second half of the year. And he's been over this two, 271 and a half number in his last four games in a row by a hefty margin, including throwing for 368 yards against this same Houston team on Christmas Eve. So that's what I got. Give me Cleveland, giving the two on the road. I got Njoku. Over 54 and a half receiving yards, and I got the over on Joe Flacco, 271 and a half receive, uh, passing yards. All right, well, we'll see how Big Joe does. I mean, he didn't do well with the Jets, that's for sure. I think he had about two or three stints with the New York Jets, and the <clears throat> the fans here in New York are all saying, why didn't the Jets re-sign Joe Flacco as the backup after uh, Aaron Rodgers got hurt? I'll give you the reason why they didn't do it. Well, first of all, I, don't, I can't give you the actual reason why – 
management didn't do it, but I can tell you this. If the Jets had signed him as a backup quarterback, he wouldn't be doing what he's doing with Cleveland. He'd be doing what he was doing with the Jets. Nothing. That's what the Jets are. They are a terrible team, a terrible franchise. And unless some miracle happens next year when Aaron Rodgers is healthy, I don't know. It's going to be the same old Jets. All right. We move on to game two. It's the night game. It is exclusively on Peacock. You cannot watch it on regular TV. I think I think that's nonsense. Mm-hmm. I have Peacock because that's where all the Premier League soccer games are on, so I've already had it, so I'm not necessarily complaining, but I think for the general public to have a game like Miami at Kansas City, not on regular TV where everybody can watch it, I think is a, is a complete joke, but nonetheless... That's what we have to deal with. So, John, what are, what are your thoughts on Miami, Kansas City? And then I'll, I'll kind of give you my two cents on this game. Yeah. All right. Uh, first of all, just real quick, I also have Peacock. Uh, it's for the the their wrestling library, actually, is why I have it. So uh, I already have access to the game. But I agree with you. Not having a playoff football game on regular TV is BS. I hate football on the apps. Um, I don't think the production quality was was very good at all on Amazon, for instance. And I hate, I, I just want to go to the channel where the game is and watch it. I hate having to figure out, okay, what app is it on? Okay, do I already have this app? And then, you know, even if you already have the app, half the time it signs you out. So you have to figure out what your password is. Ah, freaking annoying. Anyway, I know I sound old. Yeah, I mean, it's just a total money grab. I mean, I mean, sooner than, sooner sooner or later, it's gonna you're going to have to uh, subscribe to an app to watch the Super Bowl and pay for it. Or it's going to be a pay-per-view event. I mean, the NFL makes money hand over fist. I mean, to have to make their customers and their and you know the the audience that watches their games have to pay for an app is just it's it's it just stinks and smells like greed, and they don't need it. Yeah. So I, I hate to I hate to to speak negatively about the thing that like this whole podcast is about NFL football, but there's I don't think there's a, a an entertainment entity out there that treats their fans crappier than the NFL does with a million different things, which with taking football games away from home NFL stadiums, putting them over over in Europe, nothing against the European fans, but when, you know, you buy tickets and pay taxes, which help pay for these ridiculous stadiums. And then the NFL takes your home games away from you as a home fan and is going to ship them somewhere else. They make it more expensive on everything on the website and to see the games every single year. And everybody just takes it because the NFL is so popular you have to think at some point there's going to be a tipping point where it's like the NFL fans, like at some point, like people just, they're not going to, they're not going to keep going for it. They're not going to keep shelling out more and more money every year just because they love the product. But all right, that's enough for negative negativity corner now, because uh wild card weekend is one of the great things and it is incredible entertainment. This game is shaping up to be exactly that. Of course, uh, this game is happening in Kansas city. Dolphins are going uh, to Arrowhead. Chiefs favored by four and a half in this one. Um, And uh, the Chiefs, again, it's been an odd year for the Chiefs, but I actually think they're pretty set up. They're set up pretty well for the playoffs. Of course, they've still got Andy Reid. They've still got Patrick Mahomes. And even though Mahomes doesn't have the same offensive weapons that he used to have, he has something that he didn't used to have uh, in prior runs, and that's a really good running game and a really good defense. As a matter of fact, the strength, of uh, this uh, Kansas City defense is the pressure they can get on the quarterback. You and I both know, after watching football for years and years and years, 
If you can get a pass rush going against the quarterback in the playoffs, you can do anything. The Giants won a Super Bowl as a 9-7 team by getting pressure on the quarterback. This Chiefs team is fantastic. They are number one in pressure rate in the league this year. And guess who was among the worst quarterbacks against pressure this year? Tua Tungavailoa. Again, uh, Dolphins going up to Kansas City to play in a cold weather game. I don't like that for Miami. And on top of that, there's a lot in the air because it's not just a cold weather game. This uh, is shaping up to be one of the coldest games on record with wind chills potentially going down to like negative 30 or something insane like that. Uh, You've got to take that into account. I like the home team that's used to playing in cold weather with the good defense to win that game. I like the Chiefs to cover here. As a matter of fact, even though the Chiefs have been somewhat up and down, they ended the year really well. They would have covered this spread, this four and a half spread, in five out of their last seven games. So give me the Chiefs. I'll give the four and a half. I've got two props that I took in this game um, and a third one that I looked at. The third one was Travis Kelsey just because uh, his prop has gone down uh, so low compared to what we're used to seeing in recent years. But it's just there hasn't been the there We haven't seen the same production from Kelsey, the same clicking between him and Mahomes this year, uh, probably for a variety of reasons. Kelsey is, of course, getting older. I wouldn't be shocked if Kelsey had a breakout game in the playoffs here, but I'm not going to put my money on it. This is the kind of thing where I kind of need to see it first because I think the Chiefs can win this game without Travis Kelsey having a big game, which seems crazy to say. Uh, say. The first prop that I take that I really love, I like Isaiah Pacheco. Are you, baby? Isaiah Pacheco over 15 and a half carries, minus 135. Um, Not great juice, but... Um, Pacheco averaged over 16 carries a game in in the last six games that he played. Uh, With the cold weather and everything else, I would expect Kansas City to try to take advantage of that run game that's been successful for them when they needed it. So I like Pacheco over 15 and a half carries in this game. The second prop I took, I admit, uh, it's kind of a hunch. So anybody that's listened to this podcast ever has heard me take a quarterback rushing yards prop uh, so I've already taken Mahomes over on 26 and a half rushing yards. The reason why you hear that tone in my voice is because that's pretty high for a quarterback rushing prop for Patrick Mahomes. I normally like to take it somewhere in between that 18 and a half to 22 and a half yard range, which he can hit. Uh, he hasn't hit a ton of these uh, this year. He did have a 53 yard rushing game a couple of weeks ago, but this is how I look at it. Uh, Mahomes, I see him trying to pick this Kansas City offense up, carrying on his back. That's going to mean him taking off more, especially with the the crazy weather conditions here. I could see Mahomes taking off more than usual, and he tends to rush more in the playoffs anyway. If you look at his last seven playoff games, he would have hit this 26.5-yard rushing mark four out of those uh, seven games. So a little bit of a hunch. There's some reasoning behind it, uh, but those are my props uh, and bets for this game. I like the Chiefs to cover four and a half at home uh, in the uh, Antarctic weather. I like Isaiah Pacheco over 15 and a half rushing attempts. And I'm going to take a swing at it and take Mahomes over. Yeah, listen, I'm I'm there with you um, with the Chiefs at home against Miami with terrible weather. I was watching the news this morning and and the the, the regular temperature, not including wind chill, is going to be minus three for this night game tonight at eight o'clock. 
with, again, as you indicated, wind chills probably at minus 30, which is insane. They said it's probably going to be the fourth coldest game in the history of the NFL. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of running in this game. Uh, I think it's going to be relatively low scoring. I can't imagine it being a high-flying game. But we do have Miami as the number one offense in the league. But on the other side of the ball, the Chiefs' defense, number two overall on defense. So we got the number one offense going up against the number two defense. It's the return, the return of Tyreek Hill back to Kansas City where he made a name for himself and eventually got that huge contract from Miami. But Miami right now on the defensive side of the ball is decimated by injuries. Two of their pass rushers, Jalen Phillips, blown Achilles, Bradley Chubb went out last week with a, with a torn ACL. Three linebackers out, Andrew Van Ginkle, Jerome Baker, Cameron Good, all placed on IR. Miami's defense is decimated. They may get Jalen Waddle back. They may get Raheem Mostert back on the offensive side of the ball. Both of them are banged up. Um, but I can't see Miami um, not only beating Kansas City, but staying in this game. And I like Kansas City laying the four and a half points. Uh, as far as props are concerned in this game, I'm with you wholeheartedly on Mahomes over 26 and a half rushing yards, especially given the injuries on the defensive side of the ball for Miami. I think Mahomes is going to is going to run the ball um, more than usual and pick up more yards than he usually does or usually did, I should say, during the regular season. But I'm going with Travis Kelsey in this game. I know you want to stay away from him because he hasn't really put up the numbers that he usually puts up every year. Right now his receiving total is 55 and a half receiving yards. I don't think there's going to be a lot of passing in this game, but I think it's going to be Mahomes to Kelsey, that combination that's worked so well over the past several years. Most recently last year when they won the Super Bowl. Right now it's 55 and a half receiving yards. So I'm going to take the over on Kelsey, uh, minus 115 on DraftKings. So those are my props. And I'm with you again uh, in lockstep on Kansas City covering the four and a half points. All right, John, we're going to, into Sunday. All right. So let's fly through these three Sunday games. The first game is Pittsburgh going into Buffalo. Pittsburgh barely made the playoffs. They needed help. They got that help in the form of a Jacksonville loss to the Tennessee Titans, which was a colossal collapse by the Jaguars. But the Steelers benefited from it, and now they go into Buffalo. The line right now is Buffalo laying 9.5 points. Over-under is 33.5. Now, why is that over-under so low? They're expecting potentially 18 inches of snow in Buffalo tomorrow. It's going to be one of those cool games that you watch on TV where the field's covered in snow and they superimpose the yard lines on there and they bring the guy out with the the leaf blower to blow the the snow off the lines so that the refs can tell whether or not the the player, you know, made a first down or not. So it's going to be a really cool game to watch assuming that the snow they're predicting actually comes. Yeah, on, on Buffalo, they could have been completely out of the playoffs in week 18, which was mind-boggling to think that to go from out of the playoffs to the number two seed were potential outcomes after week 18. But because Jacksonville lost, Buffalo made it into the playoffs, and all they had to do was beat Miami to get the number two seed and win the NFC East. And they did it again. And they've been the NFC East champions now for the last four years. 
Buffalo rolled it is rolling into the playoff after winning their last five games in a row. And they're playing lights out. Now, Pittsburgh's won three in a row with Mason Rudolph. But if I'm going Mason Rudolph versus Josh Allen, I mean, this is a no-brainer for me. Now, I don't like laying big spreads, especially when the weather is going to be, you know, not great and Pittsburgh's playing well. But I just can't see the Steelers sticking with Buffalo in this game. So I'm going to take Buffalo. I'm going to lay the nine and a half points. And – you know, what's a big factor in this game? TJ Watt uh, basically tore his MCL last weekend, and he's not going to be playing in this game, and he's their best defensive player. So give me Buffalo laying nine and a half. John, what are your thoughts? And then I'll give you my props on this game. Yeah, kind of can't wait for this one. Can't wait to for a snow game. They're, they're just amazing games to watch. So much fun. Uh, of course, I am going to take Buffalo here. Uh, tale of two seasons for Buffalo. Uh, a really rough first half of the season. And they come back and I think they won their last five or six games in a row to close out the year. Um, but that nine and a half point uh, spread, that's really high for a first round playoff game that is going to have bad weather and tons of snow, huge wild card there, no pun intended. Um, and an over under that low of only 33 points and a nine and a half point spread. Listen, I think Buffalo is going to win. They could eat. They could easily cover this point spread. But from a betting perspective, given those circumstances, give me the dog. Give me Pittsburgh. Give me the, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Give me Mike Tomlin to somehow keep the magic going and keep it close. Give me the Steelers and the nine and the nine and a half. Uh, I don't know. To me, uh, twenty-one to thirteen Buffalo sounds a lot more likely than thirty-five ten. Um, so even though I expect Buffalo to win nine and a half is too much to give, given, given these circumstances and the way we see this game shaken out. So I'll take the Steelers and the nine and a half. Uh, and I do have one prop on here. Listen, I promise all of my props are not going to be quarterback rushing yards, but Josh Allen is the best rushing quarterback in football. Uh, him and Lamar Jackson, two different kinds of runner. Allen averaged almost 31 yards a game. His prop is really high, 38 and a half. But again, he's often turned it up in the playoffs. Uh, again, yes, that 38 and a half number is huge. But in playoff games, he's hit that number in three out of his last five playoff games and four out of his last six playoff games. Again, snowy weather, big game, uh, pretty good pass rush with TJ Watt. So I like Allen to go over 38 and a half uh, rushing yards. So I'll take the Steelers and maybe a surprise pick getting the nine and a half on the road in bad weather. And I'll take Josh Allen over 38 and a half rushing yards. Yeah. So I'm with you with Josh Allen. That was one of my props over rushing. I think because the game's going to be bad weather, he's going to run the ball uh, fairly well. Uh, I'm not, I'm not completely confident in it. Uh, only because I feel like if T.J. Watt was playing in this game, he'd be flushing him out of the pocket, and he would definitely cover that 38-and-a-half rushing total. But, you know, he's almost like a glorified running back slash quarterback for Buffalo, and he's always got big rushing totals, and especially with the weather, I'm going to take Josh Allen as well over on rushing 38-and-a-half. And lastly, uh, as a receiving prop, although I don't think the ball is going to be passed that, that many times, I'm going to go with Dawson Knox the tight end for Buffalo over 13 and a half receiving yards. It's not a huge total and they're going to have to throw the ball occasionally during this game, despite the fact that there's going to be snow. All right. 
So second game on Sunday. We got three games. We're on game two. This one's uh, interesting. Green Bay uh, getting into the playoffs with Jordan Love up against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. Dallas laying seven over under 50 and a half. John, give me your thoughts on this game. You're on mute. Buzzsaw. Actually going to run into a buzzsaw here. Uh, Dallas Cowboys are, I hate to say it like this, they're a stacked team on both sides of the ball. They're at home. There is no chance, zero chance they lose this game. I think they're going to win by double digits. I think this is an easy give to seven points uh, from Dallas. Um, I think Dallas is going to crush the Packers in this game. So I'll take the Cowboys, give the seven at home. Uh, Don't trust Jordan Love on the road in the playoffs. Uh, there's a number of different props you could go with here. I looked directly to CeeDee Lamb, but his prop is like over 100 yards. So even though I think he probably gets 100 yards receiving, I think the easier prop to take here is take the tight end. Um, Jake Ferguson, who's had a really great year um, for the Cowboys, he's become that go-to security blanket for Dak Prescott um, if he's not going to go to CD. Uh, Ferguson's receiving prop is only 44 and a half receiving yards. He's averaged 56 yards uh, a game. And on top of that, he had four for 47 against this exact Packers team. I like Ferguson to go over 44 and a half, kind of like him to score a touchdown too. Uh, And to me, it's an easy pick. Give me Dallas, given the seven, taking care of the Packers. Yeah, I like Dallas as well in this game. Uh, They're just a different team when they play at home. They've actually won 16 straight games in Dallas. And uh, they're a different team on the road, but listen, they did what they needed to do. They won the NFC East. The Eagles, your team, faltered, limping into the playoffs. We'll get to that Monday night game in a couple of minutes. But I can't see Dallas losing at home to Green Bay. And I know Green Bay's played well. And you got basically two of the top quarterbacks in the league this season going up against each other as far as touchdowns are concerned. Dak Prescott had 36 touchdowns, first in the league. But right behind him was Jordan Love with 32. So I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. That's why the over-unders at 50 and a half right now. But give me Dallas laying the seven points. I mean, CeeDee Lamb has just been unbelievable. 135 receptions for 1,749 receiving yards. On the other side of the ball, though, Aaron Jones has showed up. He was out for six games with injury, comes back. And in his last three games, he's been averaging 111 yards on the ground. So give me Dallas laying the seven. But to to, um, double down on Aaron Jones, on my props, give me Aaron Jones over 73 and a half rushing yards, uh, minus 115 on DraftKings. And if you're feeling like Aaron Jones is going to be mixed into the passing game, I may also throw down some shuttle on Aaron Jones rushing and receiving total of 97 and a half, which is still less than the ground total that he has uh, put up in the last three games. So Aaron Jones, 73 and a half rushing yards over 97 and a half rushing and receiving over both minus 115 on DraftKings. on to the last game of Sunday, which is, I think the most intriguing matchup. It's the Rams at the Detroit lions. The Lions are the darling team of the NFL this year. They won the NFC North for the lo- after having not won it for the longest time. They had a couple of hiccups. They probably should have beat Dallas in Dallas, which would have been a huge accomplishment. 
till they got screwed over by the refs. But what are you going to do? At the end of the day, they're home. They're home against the Rams. And why is this matchup so intriguing? Because Jared Goff, who was drafted by the Rams, took them to the Super Bowl, got traded to the Lions. For who? Matthew Stafford, the longtime Lions quarterback, who eventually, when he came over to the Rams, did, in fact, make the playoffs and won the Super Bowl for the Rams. So we got the two traded quarterbacks going up against each other. That trade that the Lions made paid off in spades. The Lions had the ability to draft Sam Laporta, the breakout tight end for the Lions. Jameer Gibbs, a phenomenal um, and excellent running back. And Jamison Williams, who they drafted, who was hurt at the time, but is, who came on late in the season for the Lions. Now, Sam Laporta got hurt last week. I think it was a little silly for the Lions to play all of their starters, considering the fact they really, I mean, I guess in a in a sort of bizarro world, could have improved their playoff status up to the number two seed if the Cowboys had lost to Washington. But I think everybody knew that that wasn't going to happen, and it obviously didn't happen because the Cowboys blew out Washington. On the other side of the ball, the Rams have two great young players in Puka Nakoa and Kyron Williams, the running back, um, who've played, I mean, Nakoa has played awesome during this entire season, and Kyron Williams has really come on as the number one running back. No Laporta probably for the Lions, although he did start practicing um, this week. Uh, and you can't forget, obviously, about Cooper Cup on the other side of the ball for the Rams. But I can't see the Lions season just ending in uh, on in the first week of the playoffs. They're at home. Their fans are going to be juiced up. So right now, the Lions, the line is the the line is the Lions laying three over under fifty one and a half. I think this is going to be a high-flying, high-scoring game. I'm almost tempted to take the over on the over-under, but give me the Lions laying three points. John, what do you think? And then I'll give you my props on this game. I think I'd go the other way here. Uh, my gut reaction was Rams going to Detroit, playing inside. Rams have really, uh, second half of the season, picked it up as well. Uh, of course, Sean McVay, very familiar with the weaknesses of one Jared Goff. Uh, and Goff is like, he's two different quarterbacks. Like when he's on, he's a very accurate quarterback. He's got plenty of weapons with Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, Khalif Raymond, and, and the rest. Although uh, I haven't seen final words yet, but I think there's a pretty significant chance Sam Laporta misses this game. Um, even though I expect Dan Campbell to try to keep this ball on the ground with Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Um, I think uh, that Sean McVay's knowledge of Jared Goff sort of takes the day here. I trust Matt Stafford more than I trust Jared Goff to make the plays that need to be made. And again, this Rams offense has been up and down all year, but they've got Kyron Williams back. They've got Cooper Cup back. Puka Nakua has been a revelation as a fifth-round pick. So I actually like the Rams here. Give me the Rams getting three on the road. Uh, essentially, the bookers are calling this, uh, you know, essentially a, a, a pick them if it was on a neutral field. So I'll take the Rams, take the three points. Um, and I took uh, as my prop here, I took Cooper Cup uh, to have a big game uh, because his prop is very manageable at 68 and a half receiving yards, minus 115 on DraftKings. Uh, I took that. He's uh, hit that number in 
in the last four games, he hit that number twice. But when he hit it, he hit it big time, well over 100 yards in both of those games. Uh, the Lions are one of the worst defenses against the slot. Guess where Cooper Cup's going to line up? The slot. Overall, the uh, pass defense, the coverage is a weak spot for the Lions defense, even though Aiden Hutchinson has been great on the pass rush end. And yes, the Lions have been buoyed by the return of CJ GJ, CJ Gardner Johnson at safety. Uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if CJ GJ comes up with a pick in this game against Stafford. I think overall Stafford and Cup make enough connections that Cup hits the over on 68 and a half and put up and they put up enough points on the board to beat the Rams outright at home, but I'll take the three points uh, that the bookers want to give me on DraftKings. So that's what I've got. I like the Rams to go into Detroit, win this game, uh, and I like Cooper Cup over 68.5 receivers. Uh, you know, I'm going to think about that Cup uh, prop, but my two props in this game, I think Matthew Stafford coming back to Detroit is going to have a big game. Right now his passing prop is 275 and a half. Minus 115 on DraftKings. I think he's going to throw the ball over the field. Like I said, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. Give me the over on Stafford passing of 275 and a half. And, uh, you know, as I as I said before when I first analyzed this game, that one of the great bright spots for the Rams is Kyron Williams, the running back. His prop right now is 81 and a half rushing yards. Uh, so I think they're going to feed the ball to him as well as Matthew Stafford passing the ball down the field. So give me the over on Kyron Williams, 81 and a half rushing yards. Again, minus 115 on DraftKings. And now our last game of wild, Super Wild Card Weekend is Monday night. It is Philadelphia going into Tampa Bay. Two teams, both not playing very well. Eagles, the road favorite, laying three points, over-unders 43 and a half. Injuries all over the place. John, take it away. Tell me what you think about your Eggles. Oh, man, I got to be honest with you. This is probably the least confident I've been in an Eagles team that's in the playoffs that I can literally ever, ever remember. I mean, they made the playoffs one year as a 9-7 and seven team where they got in the playoffs on the last game of the year. And I was a lot more uh, confident about that team Um it was the Brian Dawkins team that beat up on the Cowboys the last game of the year, ended up making it all the way to the NFC championship game and nearly defeated the Cardinals to go to the Super Bowl that year. This is not that team. This is a team coming off uh, a Super Bowl appearance where they were literally this close to winning uh, a second Super Bowl in five years. Uh, and that'll always hurt my heart because they had that game in their hands, winning by 10 points at halftime. Ah, anyway, uh, so the Eagles had not played a complete game all year, 11 games into the season, and yet they still sat there at 10-1. and one. Uh, They found a way. They kept finding ways to win games. They beat really good teams. They went into Kansas City and won. They beat the Buffalo Bills in Philly. Uh, they had some really big wins, and then they just got mowed down by San Francisco and Dallas, um, which you could almost forgive them for because at least those are, you know, two of the top teams in football. But then they went, went on to continue to lose – games that they either had in hand or should have won and shouldn't have been close against teams like Seattle, uh, where they gave the game up at the, at the end, uh, a horrible putrid loss to the Cardinals at home and then went to uh, New York, or excuse me, went to uh, MetLife Stadium and lost to the Giants as well. So limping is not even the word. Uh, the fans are almost, the fans have no idea what to do with this team. Uh, injuries have befallen the Eagles, 
Jalen Hurts hurt his throwing hand, uh, has not thrown a ball since Sunday, apparently. Great. Um, A.J. Brown has not practiced, deleted all his uh, social media, uh, and, and depending on what social media account, either the whole account or just the Eagles stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's not going well. At least the Eagles get back Devontae Smith, so that's good. I want to take the Eagles in this game. They are actually favored giving three points to the NFC uh, South champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road. Um, and, you know, I hope they win. That'd be, you know, a great to turn it around. But objectively speaking, if you're betting these games and like you're placing bets, wagers on each game, there's no way I can advise you to take this Eagles team uh, that has given you no reason to believe in them for the last month or so. Uh, and give points on the road to a team that's got a little bit of juice in the Bucks after winning, after defeating the Panthers on the last day of the season to get into the playoffs. No, I, I, I can't. I'm sorry. Um, obviously, I would never bet, actually bet against the Eagles. But the bet here is you take the Bucks at home and the three points. You take the Bucks at home and the three points and go from there. Uh, I've got two props here. Uh, the first one is... Mike Evans, who I think his prop is 68 and a half receiving yards. Uh, I'm just double checking that right now. Eight and a half. Yep. 68 and a half at minus 125 on DraftKings. Uh, Evans averaged almost uh, 74 yards a game uh, throughout the year. And the Eagles secondary has been uh, subject, vulnerable to the deep pass. They've gotten carved up uh, by inferior uh, passing offenses. Uh, Darius Slay and James Bradbury, who, who were so great last year, all year, uh, have not been quite nearly as good this year, especially Bradbury. Bradbury's had a really horrible year. And yes, the Eagles have gotten back their nickel corner of Ante Maddox, but he's been taking reps at safety because they have injuries at safety. Reed Blankenship, their best safety, is probably going to be out for this game as well. So I do not feel great about this. I think Mike Evans is going to have a big game. Uh, I like Mike Evans over 68 and a half receiving yards. Second one I got, DeAndre Swift. If the Eagles uh, play callers, whether it be Brian Johnson or uh, Sirianni, um, if they're looking at this game any way, any way at all, how I look at it, you got to try to run the ball more, uh, especially if there's going to be no A.J. Brown, which that's what it looks like, your best offensive player. Um, and that means DeAndre Swift. I wanted to take rushing attempts, but I didn't see it on DraftKings. So instead, I'll take the DeAndre Swift over on 60 and a half rushing yards. Uh, he would have been over this number in his last three games in a row, despite the, the the bad record for the Eagles. And earlier in the season against this Tampa Bay team in Tampa Bay, Swift had 130 rushing yards. Uh, yes, Tampa Bay has a really good rush defense. They really do. But I think the Eagles have to give the ball to Swift. It's do or die on the road. Do something you had success with earlier in the year. Give it to Swift. He can uh, break a long one. He's one of your top playmakers now with A.J. Brown out. So that's the way I see it from a betting perspective. It hurts my heart, but I cannot advise anyone out there to take this Eagles team and give points on the road. So the bet is to take Tampa getting three points at home. And the props I've got, Mike Evans over on receiving yards, 68 and a half and DeAndre Swift over on rushing yards, 60th. Yeah, I mean, I kind of see the game the same way. I think it's going to be a really ugly game. I mean, the Eagles are a tale of two teams. They go 10-1, and one, and I, I'm trying to think who that one loss was when they were 10-1. and one. Oh, that's right. It was to the <laughs> New York Jets. 
And I was actually at that game uh, when the Jets won in the waning moments of the game. Maybe that was a sign of things to come because the Eagles lost five of their last six games. But Tampa Bay is also struggling. I mean, they barely, barely beat the Carolina Panthers in a ugly 9-0 game to win the NFC South. No touchdowns, three field goals. So this is a tough game for me. I mean, this is something that I might stay away from. Put my gun, put a gun to my head. I'm probably taking Tampa Bay, you know, um, getting the three points because I just don't trust the Eagles at this point in time. I mean, they got smoked by the Giants last week with a chance. I mean, they're playing at the same time, I believe, as the Cowboys were. I mean, I know it was probably unlikely that the Cowboys were going to lose to Washington, but when you know you still have a chance to win the NFC East and I believe clinch the number two seed or probably number three, I think the Lions probably would have gotten the two seed. And you go out and you just get absolutely trounced by the New York Giants who are terrible. Uh, I, I can't trust Philadelphia in this spot. So I'm with you. I would probably take Tampa Bay getting the three points, but there are injuries across the board. Uh, AJ Brown, as you said, you know, hadn't really practiced this week, if at all, with the knee injury that he suffered last week against the Giants. Jalen Hurts had a dislocated finger. It looked terrible on TV with it going the other way uh, on his hand. And then Mayfield is dealing with a rib injury as well as an ankle injury um, for Tampa Bay. The good thing for the Eagles is they get back Darius Slay, who's coming back from knee, knee surgery after uh, tearing his meniscus. Following a loss to Dallas on December 10th, uh, he's apparently been tweeting and sending uh, you know, uh, social media messages that he's back and ready to go. So if they lock him up on on Mike Evans, um, you know, that might sway my opinion on your prop with Mike Evans. But uh, I, I just I don't know. This game is is troubling for me because both teams are, are not good. And, and by Monday night, I might be completely exhausted from betting on the other five games. But again, if it was my call, I would be uh, taking Tampa Bay like you from a betting perspective and, and getting the three points. I also had DeAndre Swift um, as one of my props is over 60 and a half rushing yards. I think if the Eagles are going to do anything in this game, they need to run the ball. 60 and a half is not a lot. Uh, and I think that uh, Swift can go over that mark. But as has always been a theme of mine in uh, all of of our prior podcasts, I think you guys should go with both field goal kickers right here. You're getting plus money on Chase McLaughlin from Tampa Bay right now, plus 100, so even money on over one and a half field goals. And Jake Elliott, the kicker for the Eagles, right now, over one and a half field goals, plus 114. Those are my two props, along with DeAndre Swift, over 60 and a half rushing yards, minus 115 on DraftKings, and if I had to bet this game, give me Tampa Bay, getting the three points. All right, we've covered all six games, and it is now time for our tracks of the week. John, why don't you take it away? As we head into Super Wild Card Weekend, which is now super for some reason, uh, my track of the week is from uh, probably my favorite music group of all time, Glitch Matrix, uh, who had their triumphant return to the music release Seen this year, uh, late in 2023, uh, they had a, a remix on a release from a Norwegian producer, Starmist. The name of the track is All Night Long, and my track of the week 
is the Glitch Matrix remix of All Night Long. Uh, a great house song. That's my track of the week. better duo in the history of electronic music than glitch matrix what a phenomenal track of the week john i applaud you um for um putting glitch matrix back on the map as if they ever left it the best duo in all of edm I, what, I heard a lot of buzz though about this guy have you heard of this guy joshua thomas who threw down back in october right around halloween town in new jersey it was a uh a, uh, a very storied performance. Yeah, I, I have definitely heard of him, but I don't think that he comes even close to Glitch Matrix. Now, unless you've heard the uh, his greatest remix of all time of uh, The Clarity of Tension, which is a mashup between Elon Bluestone and Zed, but I digress. My track of the week is a trance track going back to my roots little bit older, released in 2016. It's called Inscribe by APD. It is the Giuseppe Adovani, one of the greatest trance DJs at this time and for many years in the past. It's his remix of Inscribe by APD. That's my track of the Well, everyone out there, our millions of listeners, that ends the Wagers Ragers podcast for Super Wild Card Weekend. We are so happy to be back with you. We will be with you next weekend after the mayhem that happens this weekend, both Saturday, Sunday, and including on Monday with John's Philadelphia Eagles. So it is sayonara from the two of us. May your bets be sharp and your caches be bountiful. We will see you next weekend. Good luck, everyone. Later.